0: Welcome back to the show. What's going on? On today's podcast, really fun conversation with a good friend. That is my oven in the background making noise. Uh, good friend, Alex Ludman. He is, well, I'm going to be slightly biased here, but one of the best golf coaches in BC has absolutely helped my game. If you are into golf or if you just love sports and the psychology of sports, this is a really good episode. We chatted a lot about his uh, coaching what he's learned in uh, the decade that he's been a golf coach and launching his new website, yourgolfcoach.ca for all golf needs. Share some tips, drills, uh, equipment suggestions, and even nutrition stuff for athletics and for golf specifically. Great conversation. Have a listen. Here we go. Are you a golf fan? I know you're a big, you're a golf instructor, obviously. I know you grew up playing golf. I know your dad was a
1: good golfer. Golf was kind of in your blood. Do you watch a lot of golf? You starting off with a really good question there. All (laughs) right, you've done this before. (laughs) I I would consider myself a golf fan. Um, Watching it, I'll watch the majors for sure. I love those. Uh, The regular week-to-week, you know, I'll check in with them. Um, But for me, you know, golf is just about that walk in the park with some friends chasing the golf ball Mm -hmm. around. Um, You know, competition side to me isn't as important as maybe some other golf professionals that you might know. I just really just like going out there and especially first thing in the morning just going and playing, Mm -hmm. right? So if I do watch a golf tournament... You know, it's those special ones yeah. that I'll sit down and I'll invest that, whatever, eight hours or something It's on TV. Yeah. But if it's, you know, just the regular Sunday golf tournament where you might have one headliner in it, yeah. I might just check it on the score. Okay. I like
0: asking that question to people regardless of whether they're in some sort of sport like you are or whether they're like a plumber or uh, like we had a guy on who, was, who played in the CFL and I asked him that question. He's like, huh. Never been asked that before. <laughs> I don't know. And I'm like, well, do you watch football? He's like, yeah, kind of. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, like, do you watch NFL or do you just watch CFL? He's like, no, I like kind of like the NFL. Anyway. But I think it's it's like kind of a different perspective because a lot of people, I think, in their day to day are just kind of like exhausted at the end of the day. Yeah. And you always hear that like line, um, the plumber like the best plumbers in the world like don't really do any work at their homes. You know, their plumbing <laughs> is all screwed up at their house, but they're phenomenal in their careers. Yeah. Right? Just cuz when they get home they're exhausted like I don't want to deal with pipes and all this garbage anymore. <laughs> so I wonder cuz obviously you know that I very much enjoy golf. Oh, and yeah. I, I don't know if I'd say obsessed, but I'm borderline obsessed with watching it too. Mm-hmm. Just cuz I appreciate and understand how ridiculously difficult this sport is. Oh, yeah. And the guys that are the best in the world are so interesting to watch. How mentally strong they are, I think. Maybe maybe even better th- more than like physically strong. It's cool to see someone get up and down on 17 on Sunday afternoon when they're like within a shot of the lead or something like that, right? Oh,
1: it's unbelievable. Yeah. Some of those shots that you yeah. see, yeah. And, I mean, the other part of watching golf that I think some people don't, maybe not appreciate, is the TV flattens it all out too. Right. So you're looking at this shot and then the commentator's like, holy cow, what a shot. <laughs> and you're looking at it like, I mean, yeah, that was okay, but yeah. it's not that. It's hard to see slopes of the greens and stuff like that, right? But then when you go mm-hmm. and see it in person mm-hmm. or you see it just with a really good photograph or something like that, and this guy is on a 45 degree downhill <laughs> slope- yeah. And he somehow has a six degree wedge that he's opened up to 90 yeah. and how he got any club face on that golf ball yeah. and that golf ball stopped. Yeah. It's like, there's no way that happened, right? But you're not, you know, that's a, that's a shot that, yeah, only the elite in the world have, but also have to have, right? As an amateur golfer, if I'm standing there on the chipping area, I'm not even going to show you that shot. <laughs> we don't need to spend any time. You know what? Let's just grab a five iron. Let's bump that into the slope, yeah. roll it up there and try and, Get it on the potting green. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, it's. That's actually an interesting
0: comment of how much harder golf actually is than what you see on TV. Because well, you don't really understand the lies. Like these guys are playing it down every time and often like two inch rough, which is so difficult. Mm-hmm. And the grain's coming into you and you're trying to open up a 60 degree and hit a flop shot to a green
1: that's running away from you that's like a 13, yeah. rolling at a 13. Like it's just, it's crazy. No. You know, it's it is crazy, I mean we had the GVR T. There was a tournament here yeah. at Northview back in the nineties and oh yeah, Greater Bank. What did they call that? Tour? I remember. Yeah, I remember. It's in Vancouver. 90s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways, there you know they would have it set up for the PGA Tour, and then the Monday after they would sometimes invite uh, just local golf professionals to go and play it. Cool. Right. So. Uh, I was not a professional back then. I was barely into elementary school. Um, but my dad was, and, and he uh, he had a bunch of friends that, that were able to play it. And the scoring averages for these guys, that on a, any re- regular day they could shoot under par, no problem. There was some the 90s, and that was with after taking some eight foot putts because they're kind of out of that hole. Yeah. It's just amazing how they can set up a golf course. They'll, they'll narrow it up, the rough will grow to a certain height, but also you're gonna see these greens going so fast that, I mean, if you're gonna putt a five foot putt today, that would go 30 feet <laughs> uh, on, a, on a 13, 14 stimp green kind yeah. of thing. And it's just, yeah, it's just wild how they can set up a golf course to make it you know, a U.S. Open or a Canadian Open or, or, or a major tournament mm. um, that really just, really all they're trying to do to those players is see how well they can commit to those shots, right? right? And how accurate you can be. And just stick to your game plan. Because after a triple or a quadruple bogey, you know, these players they on the PGA Tour, they're probably not used to making those scores, right? <laughs> <laughs> and then that's like, okay, Maybe they're mentally checked out, but then you see the grinders that are always at the top of the leaderboard in those four tournaments. That's yeah. why I like to watch those because yeah. they will just doesn't matter what comes their way. You know, it, you're almost better off if you're going to place a bet on that online. Is if they make a quadruple bogeys, there's a few select golfers that yeah he's going to make a birdie on the next hole. He's coming back. He's going to get there, right? And he's got that mental fortitude just to, to really buckle down after a hole. where you see you know, a first or a second year pro or someone who's in their very first major and they don't even show that guy on TV after. <laughs> it's, they'll show that, okay, he's made a quadruple bogey and never hear from him again, right? Because he's just gone double, triple, par, par, triple. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Right? And that's how I play golf. But. Yeah. <laughs> Who are some yeah. of those guys you like watching? that are those grinder-type guys? Those grinder-type guys. Well, I really like to watch Rory. Um, Louis Oosthausen, one of the best swings, I think, on tour. So smooth. So smooth. So good, right? I mean, Rose, day back when he was, you know, uh, he wasn't so injured. Um, Yeah, so many Mm. great golfers like that. Obviously, Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, right? But I like, you know, the Louis and... Charles Schwartzel, those two kind of golfers that you just don't hear about until the weekend at a major, right? Because they just get it done,
0: yeah. Also, Angel Cabrera. That's a blast from there, yeah. That's his call. I remember, (laughs) like, I started getting into golf, watching golf when I was a kid, like seven, eight, nine years old. Watched a lot, never really played till I was about 20, or played very often until I was 20. But I, I remember watching the Masters every year and there's one, uh, he's Argentinian, right? Hmm. I, think, I think he's That's Argentinian. So. There's one like chubby Argentinian dude that at that time when I was like 11 seemed like he was 50 years old. I don't know how he's still playing golf now. <laughs> <laughs> and every year you never hear about him throughout the year. Just shows up in the Masters and top, top tens like all the time.
1: Every year, always yeah. the Masters, right? Yeah. And the only reason why he's in that tournament is because he won it. Because he won once, right? That's it. And then, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah. But that guy, talk about you know having the mental game. Right. He just knows how to play on that golf course. At that golf course, too. Right. Know. And he knows he loves to be in the heat of the battle. And, you know, he's at the top of the leaderboard. He's not leaving there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I had a
0: conversation with, uh, who is this with? Maybe, I think Alex Thierman a few days ago talking about Jordan Spieth and my comment was I think the 90 days off from golf or it was like roughly three months I think that the PGA Tour took off is the person that's going to benefit most is Jordan Spieth because I think mentally he was in a rough spot for the last like 18 months kind of yeah, he's been slowly falling in the world rankings he hasn't really played well I don't know when the time, last time he won a tournament was <clears throat> but I think that guy being young he's still like 26 or something yeah, he's young. I think this like break is just gonna was just gonna be such a good mental relief for him. And th- I think we were talking about it just before the tournament started, and uh, he didn't have a great Sunday. I think he's plus one on Sunday, but he was in the top ten. So I texted him yesterday. I'm like, "See, told you, he's coming back." <laughs> also, we're in a golf pool together, and he's on my team. So I biasly want him to start playing better. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, yeah.
1: Good good pick, <laughs> right?
0: I remember getting him in like the fourth round or something of the tournament of this pool. And at the, I think going into the year, he's like 40 or 45 in the world rankings. Yeah. So he did not have a good 2019, fell quite a bit. I'm like, I'll, I'm going to take a flyer on him. I think he's going to have a bounce back here.
1: I think, so we'll see. I think he's going to be someone you're going to hear from for a very long time. I think so too. He might have some ups and downs. Mm-hmm. You know, he, uh, There was a knock on him before where he was a short hitter and then you look at his stats and he's like, no, he's he hits it deep. Like (laughs) He's a big hitter. He's He's got a putter that, sure, can be streaky, but when it's on, I mean, I wouldn't pick anyone else to hit a putt on Sunday for me, right? Speaking of Sunday, I don't know if you saw him
0: on Sunday. See, that's one of those tournaments. It's not a major Sunday. He (laughs) four-putted. I think he was like in the lead or tied for the lead at minus 12. And he four putted, uh, it was like 11 or 12 or 13. It was like early in the back nine. Four putted, and then he just didn't get it back. No. That's a tough one to get in it back. The, from. I think he was tied for the lead and took a double. And that,
1: yeah, that's a little punishing on a Sunday afternoon. All right, so we can edit this, right? We can <laughs> uh, take that out. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's not right. You do, but usually, you four putt, and yeah. you're. Uh, Yes, mentally out. I mean, you know, if you're going to play it correctly, you kind of have, you know, you have an idea of how you're going to hit every single shot on that golf course. You go to that tee box on the next hole. doesn't matter if you six putted or one putted. Mm. You made an eagle or you made a 10. He knows where that next tee ball is going to go, right? So he's got that walk from the putting green to the tee box. Just to clear his mind, whether it's you know a tap of that putter on his toe or you know throwing that putter against his bag just to sort of relieve some some of that uh, negative energy, and then after that it should be a reset, but that's so easy to be said, right
0: It's interesting, even like me, someone that plays golf fairly often, like thirty to forty rounds a year, probably, you don't really think about and nor do I necessarily like want to plan enough. For a regular (laughs) round of golf, to like think about every single tee shot, and watching these guys on TV, you don't really like think about that. You just think, oh, okay, he hit it in the fairway, he's gonna go after this flag. Oh, he hit it in the rough, he's probably gonna like hit it towards the center of the green and just try to two putt. You don't really think about like they've walked these courses. Dozens and dozens of times, often, yep. their caddies have walked them a few times prior to the tournament starting that year and in previous years, and they literally
1: yeah. have a game plan for every single swing. They have a game plan for every swing. Yeah, for every conceivable pin position. Yeah, from every corner of that fairway, mm-hmm. they've got it just dialed in. Right, they'll play nine holes. They'll walk around, but then you see them hitting putts. Just random to, to spots just to see how it's gonna break and stuff. Yeah. Right? And they have it, they have the game plan down. And that's just so that they can just step up to the golf ball and they can commit to it. Right? When you're standing over top of a golf ball and you're saying, eh, maybe I should aim a little bit further right just as you're about to pull the trigger. <laughs> it's gonna go either way right or way left, right? It's not gonna go a little bit to the right, right? So they have it precisely. They're trying to land it on basically a, you know, a driving range mat out there in the fairway. And you made a great comment about, you know, they're gonna attack this pin or they're gonna go for the middle of the green. It's, you would be surprised at how many of these pros will go for just the middle of the green. You know, maybe they're gonna be a bit short, you know, it's front pin or back pin. Yeah. But they're gonna go for that middle of that green. They're not gonna attack it, because especially on the PGA Tour, you know, LPGA <laughs> Tour, you know, Champions Tour, right? They're almost trying to suck it in. It's like the pin is there, but if you miss it two yards left, you're way down this hill. Now you gotta hit that flop shot we talked about earlier, about oh, yeah. a 45 degree angle down, right? And you gotta hit it to a downhill slope, yeah. right? So <clears throat> if I can get that golf ball to the middle of the green. I'm going to be maximum 30 feet away from that pin for most holes, right? And then, you know, you might have that athletic ability or that sort of competitive drive that you sort of, I'm going to pull a little bit because the pin is a little bit to the left or hit a bit of a draw, you know, halfway through the swing and it might end up closer to that pin. But they also understand that their misses are, you know, 10 steps right or left with this club or 12 or whatever. So then they're also going to pick a target that you know there's no danger 12 steps left of this their target right, right? there's no danger to the right of it right so they they're trying to pick the most aggressive yet safe line that they can mm-hmm. and with the severity of these greens you know they're going right for that middle mm-hmm. for a lot of the times so there was a really cool um, resource that uh, that I've been exploring over the past little bit um, and it's they it's they call it the, the, the tiger Sort of um, stats. So it's how many bogeys did you make with a wedge in your hand? How many three putts? Right. And then they went, there's five. There was, they call it the Tiger Five, right? Um, and it's just how many times do you uh, make a mistake? Mm-hmm. And a lot of times when you have that wedge in your hand, you think you're going to be super, super aggressive. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, well, I mean, you can be a little bit more aggressive. But still error on the middle side of the green rather than the, you know, the, the bunker side of the green to where yeah. that pin is. Yeah. Right. Just to pick that target. Right. And then the slope is usually, you know, especially in the old style golf course, it's kind of the turtle back. So the middle of the green is higher than, you know, the surrounding edges. If you go yeah. play chillback golf course, that's a fantastic golf course to go and play. Right. It's that old style green. So when you're in the middle of the green, you got a downhill slope everywhere. Right. But then if you miss it on the edge, it's going to bounce in and then kick way left or quick way left, right off of the green. And, and, you know, the middle is always a good place to be for sure.
0: Have you heard Robin Williams stand up about uh, golf? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Have you heard it, Carl? No. Dude, it's so funny. There's a lot of swearing in it, but it's <laughs> hilarious. It's so funny. He's talking about, like, why do we even play this stupid game? like, imagine like the people that, correct me if I'm, I'm wrong. I'm, I haven't seen it in a long time. But, so imagine the people who like invented this game. We're going to give you this little white ball <laughs> or these stupid sticks. And you're going to have to hit the ball into this little tiny hole over there on the green. But it's not just over there. It's going to be 500 yards away. <laughs> but it's not just going to be that. We're going to try to fuck with you and put all these like bunkers and water traps and all this shit. Good luck. Go have fun. (laughs) (laughs) It's Um, so funny. But he just goes on and on and on. It's like, I don't know, six or seven minutes. It just
1: keeps going. And he gets more and more agitated (laughs) and more and more. Like, yeah, man, it's so good. It's so funny. Yeah. Golfer, -golfer, non-golfer, watch that stand up. It's so good. Yeah.
0: (laughs) One thing you mentioned about like overcoming a bad shot or like moving on from a bad shot. How quickly do you think good players start thinking about the next shot. And the reason I ask this question is because Mike, Bell, and I have talked about this. And he said one of the things he asks his caddies to do in between golf shots is talk to him about anything other than golf. Oh, yeah. Talk about a movie. Talk about, like, you know, whatever. So he says, like, from the time he hits his tee shot, walking down the fairway, he doesn't want to think about golf at all until it's like 30 to 60 seconds before his next shot or until he gets to the ball and can assess the lie. He's like the, if I had a bad tee shot in the rough and I can't tell if it's behind a tree or like whatever I'm going to have to deal with, the more I think about it, the worse it gets. So he's like, I just want to distract myself for those next three
1: minutes walking to the ball and then assess and figure out what shot I want to hit. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Um, and just to go back, the, the resource that I was looking at was, it's called Decade. So if anyone wants to look that up, okay. it's Decade Golf. Um, and to go off of what Mike said, you know, i try trying instill in all of my, you know, students or golfers, uh, there's three boxes when I hit a golf shot. So I have my Think Box, right? And this is through, uh, you know, Freedom 54 Uh, P Nielsen and uh, be a player book uh, kind of, but you have your, your think box where you're coming up with what am I trying to do? Right. Okay. What club am I going to pick? Where am I aiming? You know, where's that range mat in the middle of the fairway or middle of the green, right? Where am I trying to go uh, distance wise? What's the wind doing? And I'll take some practice strokes. Maybe it's not going to be, you know, Full out speed, but I'm just trying to feel. Okay, what is it that I really want to do? And when I'm in that box, you know, I'm, I'm standing behind the ball, and you'll see a lot of the really good golfers who are standing behind that ball, and they're trying to commit to something. It doesn't have to be the right choice. It just has to be the right choice that you feel you're going to be able to execute. Yeah. Right. So okay, from here I'm going to pick my five iron. It. Yeah, I feel like you know the best shot for me right now for me to execute is a little bit of a draw. Okay, that's what I'm going to hit. Then I walk up to it, and that is my play box, right? So that's where I'm I'm in my play zone, right? I know exactly what I'm trying to do. There's no thinking involved. I made that decision way back there, right? And I'm just stepping up there. It's going to take me anywhere from 8 to 12 seconds depending on the golfer. Some people play a bit faster, some play a bit shorter. But mm-hmm. it's going to be within, you know, a half a second if I'm in the right mentality. So after I hit it, whether it's good or bad, I like, I like to sandwich it no matter what, right? So I'm going to take one positive, one negative, one, one positive, right? Whether it, you know, it, it's a really good shot, there's something that I'm going to sort of take away from that I might do differently next time. Yeah. But even if I shank it, right, I'm going to take away two positives from it. <laughs> and that's my way of making sure that you know, I'm going to be able to get past this. You know what? I felt really good over top of that golf ball. <laughs> it went off the hustle. But if I did hit it right, I think it would have, yeah. <laughs> I'm wearing a <laughs> kind of great thing. shirt today. Right? So I, look, I look
0: really good. I feel so good, yeah. <laughs> I, hit, I hit that great tee shot on number one and those guys in the
1: pro shop thought I was legit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll just make sure I put a birdie on this hole and show them the scorecard after, yeah. <laughs> but as I get, you know, before I put my club back in my bag, and this is where the, the memory box, that's that third box, I'm gonna make sure that I'm past it. Right, So, okay, I'm gonna think about it. Maybe I'm gonna take another practice stroke after just to sort of tell myself I can do it. And then once that club is back in that bag, you hear that clink against that six iron because you're putting it in your bag, it's done, it's over with. That shot, you can't get it back, right? So I'm not gonna try harder on the next one because that's when you start to spiral, right? That shot is done. I'm out here. I think I can shoot 54 on every single golf course. I can make birdie in every single hole. Right. Okay. Well, that's a wasted one. But I'm not going to try and make you know an eagle on this par five where I have to carry it two sixty over water just to get that shot back. That's going to cost me even more. Right. So that, that after that memory box, you know, I put that club and I start walking and you can think about whatever you want. Right. You can talk about the Seahawks. Right. You can talk about you know anything uh, that you know your group wants to talk about. And then once yeah, you know, once I'm you know, typically I say 25 yards from my golf ball, I'm going to start getting into my, my uh, think box. Okay, well, now I'm 25 yards away. I've got this chip shot or I have this, um, you know, if it's a pitch shot... And I'm trying to kind of survey. Maybe I'm going to walk into it from a different angle, not just straight on. I'm going to try and get a little bit of look of the green, right? If it's a golf course I'm not too familiar with, or or I can't quite see where the pin is. You know, maybe number two at Pitt Meadows, and it's tucked in the right. Is it back? Is it front? You know, maybe try. I can't quite see it over that lip, so I'm going to go and kind of see it and and try and take as much of the as much as I can from my surroundings, right? And then I'll pick my club. You know, I'll get myself into my, you know, uh, the right mindset to hit this golf shot. And then once I feel like I've committed to it and I've taken, you know, oh, the last time I hit a 50 yard shot, I went too far. Okay, well, you can try and hit it maybe instead of 50 yards, 45 yards. If I'm five yards short, I'm not in the bunker, so who cares, right? Yeah. If I end up going too far, well, great. I'm actually right beside the pin. <laughs> and then I do that in my think box and I walk up to it, I hit it and just go from there, right? Sort of the mentality that I like to to say, and if you know in my clients are listening they're like "Oh, he said that way too many times to me but (laughs) I try and make number 18 the best hole so I've got 17 holes to see what I have what the golf course brings how far am I hitting it you know what's the wind doing you know am I hitting the putts too far too short right left just so I can get enough information for me to make number 18 a nice easy birdie and that's for me the easiest way to get past a bad shot right yeah whatever wasn't on 18 right (laughs) 18 at Burnaby is not an easy birdie hole Mm. Somebody cut that tree down. So, (laughs) did they? Really? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It is not an easy hole for sure. That green is tough. Right, you can have 100 yards in, and that golf ball is going to be tough to stop to a front pin for sure. So hard, right? But you know, on number 18, again, I'm not going to try. Carl, I still have not figured it out. (laughs) I figured out. I'm in the fairway a lot because you
0: get to hit four and off the tee, which is I like hitting four and off the tee. Some of the fairway a lot. You have like anywhere between 100 and 130 yards in. I can't figure it out. Can't figure it out. Tried to land it short. Just land softly, and I'm chipping.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Try to land it at the pin, and it bounces hard and goes over the green. <laughs> can't figure it out. Just rewind this podcast back a little bit. Just aim for the middle of the green, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> That's not my style. Don't optics. attack you know it, right? <laughs> you
0: know that. I'm trying
1: to make birdie at every hole. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> if you're in the middle of the green, you can still make birdie. That's fair. <laughs> With your putting, I mean jeez. I've never seen well. some a guy make so many putts in around other than Mike Bell, but yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I feel like you were born and bred to to be in the golf industry. Do you feel like that too? Because <laughs> as a, I guess
1: as a kid your dad was on the Canadian tour. Was he
0: still on the Canadian
1: Tour? Or he was teaching then? He was teaching then. Okay. My dad was on the Canadian tour up until he had my sister, Megan. Okay. She's five years older than me. And then he played local tournaments. Yeah. Played a lot of local tournaments and stuff. But um, he, yeah, he wanted to stick around. He wanted to, uh, yeah, be there for us, which is awesome. Um, so we, he, he taught. He would, in the wintertime, he would teach to make enough money to pay for his Canadian tour dues and, and tournament entries and gas and, yeah. and uh, stuff. So he did that for, for quite a few years. He actually turned pro at 16. Wow. He, uh, <laughs> yeah, he's talk about a guy that loves this game. He, yesterday he drove up to Whistler, played golf, and drove back. <laughs> 66 years old. And <laughs> what course did he play? I thought sure he really played. He did it last week say uh, on uh, Tuesday, and he played uh, Nicholas North. That's Whistler, right? Yeah, all yeah. right. Yeah, I like that course. He played life. there. I'm not sure which one they it's they decided to play. played. Always manicured so perfectly. Whistler
0: Golf Club is a really cool layout. Yeah, but it's not manicured like it's not as pretty and yeah, well put together as Nicholas yeah. North. Nicholas North is stunning.
1: So it was funny that you said that. You know, it was bred to be it. He actually said when I was younger because I never said I wanted to be on the PGA tour. I I I, I all you know, maybe, I didn't even play golf when I was five, but I was like, yeah, I want to teach golf, right? I just wanted to be just like my dad all the time. Um, and then I think when I was looking for my first job, he's like, you're not going to work in the golf industry. Like, don't work in the golf industry, <laughs> especially for your first job, right? There's no money in it. And that probably galvanized me even more. It's like, I'm definitely working in the golf industry. <laughs> <laughs> just because they say, don't do it. Um, but no, I first job was, McDonald's, it was great, actually. It was a really good um, experience. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, it was HGC, Hastings Golf Center, Yes. working with Alex D'Angelo and, and those guys. And that was, that was awesome <laughs> to be there, right? Just to be, you know, seeing the clientele there was so fun. Everybody just loved golf, right? You would see, you know, 100 people a day, 98 of them you would see every single day. Yeah. There'd be two others that he's like, I don't really know who this person <laughs> is, right? But it was just like, just friends hanging out at a place. It was such a cool vibe, right? And then I ended up working at Burnaby Mountain also just as I finished uh, high school, uh, picking balls and stuff. And and that was great. And I was still thinking of maybe becoming like a history teacher or, or something like that, something out of the golf industry. And then there was just something that clicked. I was like, What am I doing? (laughs) I love going to work. I get to be at a golf course, right? It doesn't, it didn't matter back then, like if I made any money, just to be able to go to a golf course every single day, just to be around golf, didn't have to even play it, right? I would be super happy to do. So then with that, my dad's like, okay, well, that's a good attitude, let's do this. (laughs) And then we worked on it. You have to be a pretty good golfer to become a pro, correct? Yeah. Yeah, you have to, I, I don't know what it is right now. You can go on the BC PGA or the PGA of Canada website to see what you have to shoot. Um, but when I played, I had to shoot two rounds of 77 or better um, to
0: do it. In a row? Yeah. And you have to like tell someone you're doing it that day?
1: It was actually at the Ledgerview Open. Yeah. So I was actually in a golf tournament, which made it easier for me because I was trying to win, right? So it was I wasn't really looking at a number. But now what it is, which is, I think, is a, a mentally, you know, very, very hard to do, is to sh- you have to beat this score. So you have to be better than whether it's 78, 78 this time. But now you're, you're sort of like you're playing with house money at the start, hmm. right? Okay, make a few bogeys, that's all right, right? but you're not attacking it. You're playing way too passive sometimes. Right. And then you're, okay, I'm six over par. I better par in. Yeah. <laughs> and then you start to get the jitters, right? Where I think, you know, you're always trying to make birdies, right? Which we, we want to do. But when you go to a golf course, you want to set a game plan to play your very best golf, but to have a cap on how high you can shoot, that's a difficult thing to do, right? And, and that's, that, is, that is hard. So yeah, the, the, any golf pro out there had to do that who's a CPGA or PGA of Canada, as, as we call it now, has, mm-hmm. has to do that. But the, the great part about our industry and you know, our, our little profession is you have to go through certain schooling and modules. So you'll turn pro, you can, you'll shoot that score, right? And then it's like, yes, I'm a golf professional, <laughs> right? And they're like, well, no, you can't teach a, t- teach a lesson just yet, you have to pass that you know your stuff, right? So it's like the TCCP for anybody who's gone through, um, you know, basketball or or be a coach for for anything um, or NCCP, right? So it's similar, but it's in the golfing vein and and the professional. So there's, you teach beginner golfer, intermediate golfer, and then a competitive golfer. And so you get a whole bunch of knowledge and it's, that to me was more fun than any tournament that I ever played. Just learning Hmm. from all these great mentors, you know, in the, in BC who, who, uh, teach those courses and, and then you get tested on it and they say, this is wrong. (laughs) Then you argue your point and it's like, yeah, good, good argument. (laughs) Right. How old were you when you started teaching? Um, off the record, I was probably, well, so I helped my dad out before actually turning pro. Um, maybe I was 18. Right, so he would do a group class and I would just kind of be in there making sure no one hit each other and (laughs) just that, yeah. (laughs) Um, But then I I turned pro when I was 20, 20 years old when I turned pro. Um, And then, but yeah, I was always helping out, you know, my grandparents or my mom when I was like 10 years old and giving them super bad advice, (laughs) (laughs) which is good. And yeah, you learn from your mistakes. That's for sure. Do you remember those like first couple
0: of years, and just in terms of like building confidence, and like how nervous and awkward, and like all those things at the beginning of your career?
1: It was for anybody that had one of the first lessons from me. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, there's a ton of the stuff that you know I'm super lucky to have. You know, my dad won you know Teacher of the Year. Um, in the nineties and he he had, you know, he would teach a bunch of Canadian tour players and he had Ray Stewart who was on the PGA tour, which was super awesome. So It was always around, you know, really good instructors and really good golfers. Mm -hmm. So I had some fantastic mentors. So a lot of the stuff that I was teaching back then, I completely agree with today, but I would just say way too much, (laughs) way too much. And I think, you know, it comes to that, I just want to show that I know Mm -hmm. what I can do. Mm -hmm. But then talking about, you know, being a good instructor, you know, it's all about making that person play better the next day, where they might understand their golf swing more, but I just said way too much, right? You don't need to know what step two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten is. We just need to start you on the right path, to start it on a better direction. You know, flight it a little bit better, mm-hmm. understand how to hit it fifty or fifty-five yards kind of thing. Um, and that's where you know the more experience that you have, the, the better you're going to be at anything, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That was. There was some cringeworthy moments after it's like an hour lesson it's like I'm out of breath Yeah, you hit five golf balls (laughs) sorry about that
0: (laughs) isn't it fun to look back and see the progression though because it's such a slow moving um, like pendulum getting from like start of your career which was let's say 18 years old to now 30 31 your age 31 tomorrow Um, tomorrow yeah no way yeah happy birthday so
1: Mike, thank you very much. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so it's 12 years. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. But like even just my career in real estate for the last seven years, it's it's so crazy to look back and just think like how naive, how little information I knew compared to like today.
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, for sure. Right. And that's, you know, just as a golfer, right, you learn from your mistakes. Mm-hmm. So the more mistakes you, you make, the more you learn. Totally. Right. You can't be perfect from day one, right? But you just have to have a really good work ethic that that you absolutely do. I mean, just look at your timeline; it's just nonstop, and it's just great quality stuff. And I mean, what, what, how many years did it take you to become top, what one percent or something, realtor? <laughs> mm,
0: technically, year and a half. Yeah, I think you I got had it. some help along the way, though. I feel pretty lucky with my situation. Uh, yeah, I I, took, I feel like I took advantage of a very good opportunity. But a lot of people don't get that opportunity, which I feel very grateful for.
1: I think I'm in the same boat as you.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I guess a lot of people don't have a dad who's played
1: Canadian to it. Yeah. He's no. one of the best <laughs> teachers in Canada. Yeah. And just you know, every you know, weekend or month, there was another leading golf instructor in the city over for dinner yeah, that cool. you know they would just sit and chat. And I would just sit there. <laughs> I wouldn't say a word, right? And that's sort of, you know, if, if you were out for dinner with me, that's sort of what I just love to I just love to sit and just listen to people talk, mm. right? I don't usually get engaged unless it's something I'm really passionate about. Mm. I just like to hear people's opinions and just listen and just totally. be in the room, be a fly on the wall. And that's what I got to do as a kid Yeah, for so long. It was so great,
0: yeah. What do you think about golf right now with no fans?
1: It's interesting. It's weird, right? It's really interesting. It was so quiet watching. Someone made the <laughs> comment. <laughs> nothing happening. It, it's kind of like watching, you know, sometimes you watch the European tour. Yeah. And it's like That's in some hard. random place, That's Abu Dhabi weird. or something, there's no one around. And they just see this golf shot. And, you know, it kind of brings it back to, you know, it's, it's just that regular round of golf. You can kind of relate. Like, didn't some guy get a hole in one and he yeah. didn't know until he's hole-in-one. up there? Yeah. <laughs> right.
2: Yeah. So weird. How do the players feel about it? Like, do they like the quiet? Are they able to focus more? Or do you think they feed off the crowd's energy? Oh, they... I bet there's pros and cons both ways for yeah. different personalities. to be Different honest. personalities yeah.
1: for sure. Yeah, right. I there's... feel like that's the
2: only sport too, right? Because like I can never see any basketball player would want to play in an empty arena. No, but I'm sure there's golfers that would like playing by themselves in a quiet place, right?
0: Yeah, that's I'm what kidding. I love about it. Yeah, there's right? Less people watching, right? Mm-hmm. There's a camera and there's like eight people on the camera. you know whatever the audio crew or camera crew. And or... they also
2: like follow different players and stuff, so everyone's always moving. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But like if you're playing in Tiger's group. Regardless of what day, there's like fifteen thousand people following you around. Yeah. It's like a basketball stadium is following you around on every shot. And
1: the other X amount of people that are at the golf course aren't following him because they can't see him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all, I guess I'll watch this guy. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or I'll go two holes ahead and i will save a spot. Yeah. yeah. So you're playing in the group in front of you. Then you got the the Hustle and bustle, the crowds just running up past you as you're trying to shoot, just so they can get a good spot by the green. So maybe
2: you see him every like third round or something. Yeah. Ahead.
1: I saw one shot at Tiger Woods. That's yeah.
2: So crazy. <laughs> yeah. I think it would be so weird.
0: Like, I think most of them, the good players anyway, are just so used to the environment now. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, I'm sure there's nerves on number one tee shot, but they settle into the round pretty quickly, and it's just normal having 3,000 people watching every single shot. That's right. So to go from that to like almost around with your buddies on a week off with no one around is probably so strange. It's probably mentally difficult to like stay super focused. It's just different. It's a different environment.
1: Completely different environment. You don't get the sort of the the roars or anything like that. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, the majors, you hear that, right? You see, oh, this, the guy I had must've made a birdie, right? (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Or you know you kind of have that idea of where you stand. Where yeah. the only way you're going to know is if you're looking at a leaderboard, which a lot of players actively try not to. Right. Right. So you don't get that, but it might help them stay, you know, with their game plan. Right. So the there's and that lows pros are and
0: probably problems. just kind of evened out, right? Because if you make a double or you miss a really short putt, you're probably like, ooh, three thousand people are just like literally staring at me right now. I need to look off into the distance and you know just pretend like I'm not aware of this, but I'm very aware of this. Yeah. So, like, if you miss a really short putt, you're probably upset, but there's no one around.
1: You might get over it a little bit quicker. You might get over it a little bit quicker. Mm-hmm. Plus, I mean, off the tee, not going to hit anybody. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> a they lot know, less gloves being given away. Yeah, exactly. I can keep <laughs> on <from> my gloves. <laughs> <laughs> right. But then also, there's less people to find your golf ball. That's right. Um, but yeah, definitely, yeah. it will be, yeah, be interesting to hear. I know they did a few, you know, Questions and stuff like that. And I'm sure Golf Digest is going to have a really good, really good article written or something like that mm-hmm. about what was different uh, with all these different players yeah. going at it.
0: But I saw yeah. uh, they interviewed a bunch of guys before the tournament started this week or this past week, and most of them were just like, "I just want to play golf again." And I'm like, yeah. "I'm sitting at home for three months. Took a month off, but then like I've been practicing for the last two months. I just want to
1: play. Like I'm excited to play." I don't care if there's people out there. I just want to play again. I can totally relate to that. Yeah. Right? I got a four-month-old at home, so I wasn't playing anyways. Right? Mm-hmm. And then we shut down. So even the golf courses that were open, you know, I tried not to, or I didn't go out to them because it just wouldn't look good, you know? It would, you know. Um, but then we opened, and I got to play a couple of rounds of golf, and it's like, well, this is fun. Right? Like <laughs> sometimes that break just really reinvigorates, you know, remembers why you're doing this, right? It's such a fun game to go and play. Totally. Just to get out there. And I love that 6 a.m., you know, play first group out or the Dawn Patrol, right? And just going for this nice walk in the park, especially, you know, Burnaby has the great birds chirping, and you have, uh, you know, the, sometimes you get geese out there and then at Pit Meadows you have the, the swallows I think they're called that'll just like go right in front of you as you're walking trying to eat all the bugs that you're kicking up and you just don't get that experience in another sport right but yeah you sort of that, that absence makes the heart go fonder I guess is the way you'd say it and then, 100%. And then you're back and it's like oh yeah it's so fun <laughs> <laughs> right this is why I do
0: it <laughs> in your teaching with students, golfers whatever you want to call them, clients Patience, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How much of the how much of the lesson with like let's say someone who I don't know, is it common for someone to come like once a month or once a week or whatever? But if they're seeing you multiple times, how much of what you're teaching is like the mental side of the game versus the physical side of the game? Or is it dependent on their skill level to start or like Yeah. Cause golf is The weirdest sport I've ever played. I played a lot of sports growing up. Played basketball pretty competitively. I understand sports. Golf is by far the strangest. (laughs) By far. Physically, I feel like I can do the motions. I can do the things. But like one bad shot or like a couple bad shots in a row and you're like, shit, I can't can't do the things. (laughs) I have this shot I've hit. 37,000 times. But after the last couple shots, I'm really doubting whether I can do this or not,
1: <laughs> That's which
0: is just 100% mental.
1: 100% mental. Yeah. Right. There's a lot. And that goes back to when I first started, you know, someone would say, I need to correct this technically. Yeah. So Let's do this. So you paid me for, right? Okay. Let's correct it. It's like, well, you can hit that shot nine out of 10 times, yeah. but you're worried about that one out of 10. You know, Tiger Woods also misses greens, <laughs> right? He's going to have some bogeys out there, right? So, and that's the great part about this game is you just have to, you you have to look at the positives. Mm-hmm. You have to see what the percentages are, right? And so whenever I have a, a new client um, or student, depends on- Patient. Pa- <laughs> Once again, my doctorate, maybe I'll call it that. But uh, you know, there's two things that I'll look at. I'll try and look at before diving into anything is um, the equipment. So maybe they just got a new set of clubs and their game went downhill. Well, they weren't fit for you. They're way lighter than what you used to have. You're yeah. used to this super heavy cl- set of clubs, and now it's half the weight. So of course you're gonna spray it everywhere, right? Yeah. So we're gonna look at that, or maybe it's too reparate or too flat or something like that. Not enough loft. Um, and then I try and do a TPI screen. Uh, so it's titled Performance Institute. It has a great uh, resource. Um, and I was taking a few courses over the COVID. They even get some more information on it. Um, but it's basically, it's a 16-move um, assessment. And I'm, I'm checking out where your range of motion is in your ankles, knees, hips, you know everything thoracic spine. So every single moving part in the golf swing. And then it pops out on their app, Oh, you are, you know, you're more likely to cast it or early extend, you know, than somebody else because of a lack of range of motion in your left hip. Right. So it's, a, it's awesome. It's crazy resource. scientific how crazy this golf stuff is. It's so it's, cool. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. So, and then that, that gives me, you know, there's two ways about it. Okay. We know that we have a left hip. That in a right-handed golfer that is a little bit stuck or it's you know doesn't have quite the range of motion that we need to create the Adam Scott golf swing right that is like well that's the greatest golf swing ever I want to swing like that it's like well we can't Um, (laughs) (laughs) so we can either let's get you on a program let's get you a physio we're going to do some mobility movements and and I'll send you to to someone that I recommend uh, for that or what we can do is we can swing around it right? And I'll always leave a, the lesson with something for that person to work on, you know, but there's that, that choice, right? Yeah. So, okay, we cannot do this move. Do I want to flare my left foot out just to give my hip a bit more mobility? Okay, that's going to help me hit some better shots. And all I'm looking for is it doesn't matter what club you're hitting it, but can you hit it this distance? Can you hit it on that driving range mat X amount of times? And what is your dispersion right? So we might be able to hit one out of 10, fantastic, but then the other nine are all sprays. Okay. That's not a repeatable action. How can we make this repeatable for you? Right. And then once we kind of, you know, get it dialed in, um, on what we want to do, I go through seven things before technique, right? So, and that brings you to, to your question. So the first thing is trust. Can you trust the swing that you have come up with in your Think box, right? Do you trust your club choice? Do you trust your swing? You know, do you think that you can do this? And if you can't, then maybe we're gonna come up with a way to build that trust, right? Maybe it's through drills. So then I can just say, hey, you are at this percentage. You can hit this screen 70% of the time. So you don't need to worry about it, right? Or we somehow come up with a way. Right. And then once we start to, you know, trust it, but it still isn't quite working the way we want it to, then we go alignment body position right maybe we're inconsistent with the body position then we go into grip right okay is this grip does this match your sort of swing style or should we weaken or strengthen it um or is it inconsistent uh that way and then there's three things in the swing which is balance tension and tempo right if you're off balance good luck right if you're tight you know we are on the driving range you're hitting these Beautiful 280 drives hitting you know the exact pull at the end of the range on the driving range, and you go to the golf course, you can't in a fairway. I'm betting there's no tension in the drive range, but there's a ton of tension on the golf course. Mm-hmm. So how can we either simulate you know that tension right or that pressure that you feel on the golf course, or how can we bring that low tension from the driving range up to the golf course, and then we kind of talk about that, and then the tempo, you know, really it. It goes off of that balance and tension, uh, sort of thing. So I, I go through those seven things because I think the first one, you know, number one influences two, three, four, five, six, seven. Totally. Number two influences three, four, five, six, seven, right? And I go through it in like a fine tooth comb, and we're just going to make sure that if we do make, you know, any technical change, which is you know ninety percent of the time when someone comes for a lesson, they're looking for a technical change. We're doing it for the good because it's so hard to break a motor pattern. It's so hard. and it's so hard to break a habit, right? And you know, there's a great book, the the talent code that says, you know, you don't really break a habit, you just build a habit around it, right? So you're you're building these neural pathways around it. So how much do we have to practice and how structured do we have to practice and you know, how how can we make it so that we don't deviate from our path, Mm -hmm. so that we can build that new motor pattern so that we don't do that other one, right? So if we're gonna go down that path, that's, that's a hard one, right? And it might be, for some people, it's definitely worthwhile to do, but, you know, let's make sure we're doing it for the right reasons, mm-hmm. right? And then once we go there, yeah. don't get me wrong, that's the funnest lesson <laughs> for a golf coach. And I think that's where, you know, any golf coach that might be listening is, you know, and they'll, be, they'll know exactly what I'm talking about, is we're trying, you know, we're trying not to go technical, but when we do, it's like a kid in a candy store. It's like, all right, here we go. This is what every single book, you know, talks about. It's the technical side. Before you're a pro, you're gonna read the Ben Hogan fundamentals you're gonna read, you know, all these different things. But really, you know, ninety percent of people come for a lesson to do technical, but really only ten percent need it, right? So it's kind of that switch. Mm. Yeah, for sure. As a non-golfer, Carl.
2: Yes.
0: How complicated do you think this sounds? This is insane. It's <laughs> so like every single little detail of the swing. Yeah. There's like a thousand things to
2: dog with. We mean like turtleback greens and stuff. <laughs> so, like, it's wild. The game makes no sense whatsoever. Mm-hmm. But even like there's different types of grasses, different, different oh, length, yeah. there, it's absolutely infinite, like number of things that you gotta
1: watch out for and like adapt to, right? And that's why it can chew some people up because they're thinking of mm. all of those things. Yeah. And there's so many things that you can be negative about that can, you know, build mistrust mm. in it. <clears throat> but yeah, I, I'm not sure who it's, I, it might've been Phil that said it, but he's like, the people that are on the PGA Tour, he said, but, you know, even LPGA Champions Tour, they're either the smartest people or the dumbest. So, right? that was Phil. Yeah, okay. <laughs> it was Phil. Okay. Phil said
0: to, yeah, I think, yeah, he was talking about Dustin Johnson. <laughs> he was? Because <laughs> Dustin Johnson is not the smartest individual in the world, yeah. but he's a fin- one of the best golfers in the world. Ridiculous athlete. Such a good athlete. And he was talking about DJ. I think DJ might have had a good round or something. And someone asked him a question about DJ. And he's like, well, you know, it's funny. To be really good at this game, you either got to be extremely intelligent or really dumb. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, and he, then he started talking about himself. And he was saying like, for me, I'm overanalyzing everything. Right. The wind, the lie, the like slope of the green, the what you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. Hilarious. It's so funny. But yeah, I remember that quote so
1: clearly. Yeah. Yeah. It's so good. Right. But it's it's a it's a simple game, if you think about it.
0: No, it's not at all.
1: It's I hear people say that all the
0: time and every time I'm like, What the hell are you talking about?
1: It's a simple game in the fact that you're trying to get a golf ball (laughs) from one point into that hole down there. X a really amount of yards. small hole. Now let's do that 18 times, yeah. right?
0: So this sounds a little bit like Robin Williams stand-up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're not going to just do one hole. We're going to do it <laughs> 18 times. <laughs> that
1: was a great finish. Yeah. It says so good. <laughs> but you, you know, we, we we don't have to hit that fairway, right? It makes it easier. Mm-hmm. But if I miss it and I'm in the trees, you know. I potentially could still get on the green,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? I, you know, I miss that green. I could still chip and putt, right? But there's so many golfers that start with the great mindset of they don't have any technique. They don't have anything. All they're trying to do is just get that little white golf ball in that hole and I try and preserve that, Right? We need to have that in our mind. Right? If I'm trying to you know, make sure that I'm getting it into the slot, right? and you, a non-golfer, that might sound, but it's the crazy amount of times that someone says, oh, but is this gonna help me get into the slot? That, if you have a good swing, you're gonna do that, okay? Right? A repeatable swing. It, that right? The mm-hmm. golf ball has no idea if you got it into the stop position, <laughs> right? All that that golf ball knows is where that club face is pointing, what direction it's traveling in, mm-hmm. right? So if we can just make sure your club face is pointing in the right direction or relatively, it's traveling towards the target relatively, it's gonna go relatively where you want it to go. And then we get on that putting green and make, you know, some putts and you're gonna play great, right? My dad, mm-hmm. <laughs> this guy comes with a drive range, I won't drop his name, but he's told me this story. Probably eight times in the past couple years. Every time he sees me, he's like, Oh, how's your dad doing? And then he you know says, You know, I had a lesson with him once. It was the greatest lesson ever had. He's like, I just wanna shoot in the 80s. So my dad says, Okay, we'll hit a couple golf shots, right? So he starts with his wedges and his seven iron and his, you know, four iron. He's hitting it good, and then gives him his three wood, it's going everywhere. Gives him his driver, it's going everywhere. Right? He's like, Well. I mean, you're hitting it fantastic. How many putts do you have around? Uh, you know, 30, 31. Yeah, well, here you go. Took his three-wood, five-wood driver out of his bag and said, <laughs> go play, right? You're going to shoot no problem in the 80s, right? It doesn't, ha- you don't have to be huge, right? If you're at Mike Bell's level and you're trying to make some money, you want to hit it far, right? And definitely it is easier to hit a five-iron into the green than it is a three-wood, right? So we hit it further. But when it's just about, Just thinking of it super simply, get that golf ball going in the right direction, hit it again, hit it again, try and get in the hole at least amount of shots, try not to three putt, right? Three putts, that adds up. Try not to two chip. If you two chip, you chipped one too many times. If you hit it in the water or you hit it out of bounds, well, you probably picked the wrong target and that's going to add up too. So if we can eliminate three putts, two chips and penalty shots, we're probably going to play some of our best golf, right? And if we can cry and have that mentality, but you know, when you watch Golf Channel and they have eight hours of instruction on, and then I see somebody come, and there's a ton of great stuff for golf instructors out there, so I'll watch it and I'll use some of it for sure. Like I'm not saying it's bad advice that they're giving, but when someone who is slicing the golf ball is using a drill that's supposed to stop a hook, <laughs> and non-golfer <laughs> might not know what that is, like you're doing the wrong drill. Right. And so it, it's just about getting it to go in the right direction, right? With minimal spin. And we can probably play some pretty good golf out there. Yeah. It's not that hard.
0: I've had moments of brilliance, Carl. And it
1: probably felt so easy,
0: right?
2: Yeah. It's very stress free. Yeah. <laughs> but then you probably had the opposite, too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. I started playing this year, usually from November, Palm Springs Strip,
2: mm-hmm.
0: to. May. I don't swing a club at all. This year, coronavirus started playing pretty early. Early April, I think. Played 30 rounds of golf between April 1st and May... Third week of May. Man. It was playing like four days. It's a like week. every second day. It's playing like four days a week.
1: Woo! Yeah. Jeez, I'm in the wrong business. Which is fantastic. <laughs> how, much well, did you,
0: how
2: much did you improve over this time?
0: A lot. So yeah. my first few rounds were which is normal for the beginning of the year when I haven't played in six months. (laughs) We're like mid-90s, and it's so frustrating. You're chunking it. You're hitting it all over the place. You have no idea which way the ball is going to go. You're taking a swing, and it's going in the direction of the hole. You're just not sure if it's going right or left, and it's all over the place. (laughs) Got down to, I think my handicap now, I was plugging in every single score, so I have a pretty accurate handicap. My handicap now is seven.
1: All right getting pretty good. You should be impressed, yeah. <laughs> but
0: then I haven't played in like three weeks because workup is busy. <laughs> and so I'm going to go back in July or August or whatever. It's going to be back to like mid-high 80s, which sucks. Low round of the year,
2: 75. Okay. But in the last 10, I've had like five rounds in the 70s maybe. So what percentage right. of people that play on a golf course finish
1: par or better? Oh, Less than 1%.
2: Yeah, 0.5. Less
1: than 1%. I'll give you a stat. Uh, now, this is 20-year-old stat, so I'm not sure if this okay. is accurate. But my dad says it so many times. Someone told me a stat, too. Yours are much more
0: accurate than mine, probably. <laughs> so I'm going to tell you mine, things. Okay. <laughs> I heard a stat that 10% of golfers in the world can yeah. break 90. Okay. 1% of golfers in the world can break 80. Shooting par is probably like
1: 0.05%. So even less? So my dad isn't saying this for, well... So I remember 20 years. He might have been insane for 40, but he knows a stat that says that. So, when Stats Canada says that you're a golfer, it means you played once a year. Okay. Okay. 10% of golfers ever break 100. Ever? Yeah. Now, yeah, I guess, cause, we cause can look this up. Someone can fact check this. But, it's
0: an impossible. So, let me explain. It's an impossible stat to keep because. Most people that are Cajunals, playing once a year yeah. or shooting 100 or even in the 90s aren't keeping an accurate score. Nope. Right? They're taking mulligans. Yeah, they're yeah, like moving it out of the bunkers. They're silly rules. Yeah. Whatever. They're not taking penalties for hitting in the water. Mm-hmm. They're taking putts from six feet because they're, Smile. you know, it's their ninth shot on a par four. So they're just picking up the ball.
1: So it's not accurate. It's not Which, accurate.
0: Is it, yeah, so it's impossible to yeah. keep.
1: It's a so guess. if you're going to get any any data that you're going to get, yeah. it's actual logging of, you know, whether it's you know, Golf Canada's you know uh, handicap system, those are the, the top golfers. They're the ones that want to know yeah, exactly. how they're doing it, right? They probably played for five, ten years before yeah. they even thought of uh, what a handicap is. Totally. Right, so they've already grinded it out, yeah, for sure. At par 72? Depends on the course. Depends on the oh, course. Oh, it varies, yeah. right?
2: <laughs> yeah. Have you ever shot par on a course? Got I shot 71 one time. Really? I shot one under in Palm yeah. Springs.
0: It's probably like four years ago. Just feeling it or Congratulations. what? Congratulations. Yeah. I shot 35-36. Wow. My grandpa... I had three birdies on the front, Ooh. two bogeys, and then on the back I had one birdie, one bogey. That's, how you, that's good. I took a photo of the scorecard I got on my phone somewhere.
1: <laughs> that's good. I've... Uh, no nope,
0: doubles. I don't think more I've ever shot thing. even par. I've shot a lot of 73s, like 10, <laughs> 11, 10, 12. 10. Yeah. I was playing a lot more like four or five years ago. Mm-hmm. And I got fairly good. It's hard to get back. Like if you don't play for don't six play. months a year. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> Literally, it'll go from. It yeah.
0: In the fall, I play a lot leading up to that Palm Springs trip to like, post some decent scores. So I'll be shooting in like the high 70s, low 80s almost every round. Yeah. But then not playing for six months, you go back and it's like 94, and you're like, "Why am I playing this stupid game? My body is, this? This is so <laughs> dumb. I want to break every club." <laughs> right.
1: So, my grandpa played golf for a long time. At least that's mm-hmm. how my dad got into it. Yeah, he was just a weekend warrior, and he had the goal of shooting under par. The day he shot under par, he quit golf. Fuck, quit. Quick golf, he bought a Just hobby so farm, he it. became, yeah, he got <laughs> some cheap and some, he uh, grew <laughs> some uh, cord and stuff. He's like, no, that's it, that was my goal. Next, next goal, so yeah. I'm going, On to the next. yeah. That's hilarious. So his last round of golf was under par. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. But yeah, this game is, is very tough. I find that if I take a layoff for a little bit, my first round back is great. But I a layoff, no you're expensive. probably talking
0: about like two or three weeks.
1: I'm You're not talking the, about six months. I'm in the golf industry. <laughs> I don't play golf. I'm at the golf course. Yeah. <laughs> if anytime I hit a golf ball, it's for a student. So yeah. I'm very lucky because every shot that I hit, there's a ton of pressure on me, right? It's like, oh, I'm in a golf ball in a couple of days. It's better work, <laughs> but you know, when I the first round back, I've got no expectations, right? And I'm kind of thinking I'm going to play like I before I stop playing for a little bit, and it's usually a great round of golf. Right. The second one, I have high expectations. This is a bad one. (laughs) And then I, you know, maybe make a double there and I try and force it. Even though I preach this all the time, you know, don't worry about it. Just keep going. You know what you got to do. But then I'll try and force it. And the second round back is the worst. Mm -hmm. And then you start to sort of see it come back. Yeah. Right. So, you know, if, if we are having a difficult time just making contact after a layoff and we don't have that. Um, you know, uh, yeah, that that sort of athletic, you know, feel of just trying to make contact with it, probably trying to do too much, mm. right? Just go out there, and just play, just like you were, just took the game up, try and get that club on that golf ball after a little bit of a layoff. Do whatever feels natural, right? And then you're gonna start to be, oh, right, you know, it, I did feel better when I took a shorter backswing, or I did feel better when I had, you know. tempo rather than 100% tempo kind of thing it sort of starts to come back back to you right but the first thing that goes is definitely short game right chipping putting
0: Mm. for me I feel like putting (laughs) I'm usually pretty consistent even if I haven't played for a while Yeah, like you can just figure it out maybe it's not perfectly in line but you can usually figure out the speed
1: then that's the athlete chipping right maybe That's that's the athlete for those that get too mechanical yeah Right,
0: chipping is so sensitive. I don't know if that's the right word, Mm -hmm. but like you need to hit it the right trajectory and the right distance to make it stop in the amount of time that you want it to stop. And the lies in putting, you have the same lie every time you're on the green. It's like, it's it's easy. It's easier. Whereas chipping, every single lie is different. You're in really tall grass that's leaning this way or leaning that way mm-hmm. like your club reacts differently so figuring that out even just starting playing again in April probably took me 15 to 20 rounds mm-hmm. to figure it out <laughs> the problem with COVID was the <laughs> ranges weren't open so I couldn't practice and they shut down the chipping green and the oh. putting green at Pit Meadows so in I had a lot more spare time because work was quite a bit slower yeah. during April and May and I would love to practice, but I wasn't allowed to. And I got yelled at once at Pitt Meadows because I went to the driving range and just hit balls because I was really frustrated after a round. Did you will get your own titles or <laughs> No, I just walked into the back of the pro shop and uh, took a box of yellow balls and went to the- <laughs> I wonder why they got mad at you. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> like there's no one here. I'm socially distancing. Okay, <laughs> we gotta wrap up. Okay. Cause you are a dad. I need to get home and hang out yeah, with Yeah, I gotta kids. put him to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. I have two very serious questions. One Okay, I'm gonna go more serious first and then less serious later. All right. Five years ago, Matt Wolf walks into your walks into a lesson with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What do you say?
1: You know, that is a <laughs> fantastic question. <laughs> you know, today? Yeah. Because there are the Matt Wolfs in the world, yeah. I'd be like, "This guy is great,
0: right?" Back, You're just more focused on contact and like consistency
1: and that kind of stuff. Can you get this little like, golf ball yeah. into that hole in the last least amount of strokes yeah. possible? And this this guy can do it, right?
0: Do you have your phone, by? You? <laughs> Google Matt Matt Wolf golf swing, and then you'll understand why I'm
1: asking that question. <laughs> because you said five years ago, yeah. A the industry and golf channel, and you know, just the way that the golf, you know, televised sport was going, it was the nicest swings, right? He didn't, everyone copied Tiger Woods, mm-hmm. right? And I would have been, you know, a lot greener. <laughs>
2: Carl's face, <laughs> that's weird, it's different.
1: Well, he has, the weird he has a weird hitch.
2: hitch at the top, kind of, right?
1: Here's well, a little bit of a look hitch. Look at his little it's hitch to even forward moves the press, scene. yeah.
2: Right, he does this
0: like weird shoulder shift thing. Yeah,
1: and it works. It's great.
0: Right, and then it's like a uh, og- uh no, what's his name? Jim Furyk. Jim
1: Furyk swing after that. Jim Furyk, but he pipes it. He yeah, he hits it really long, so far. Yeah, right. And I think that's you know, Tiger Woods brought so much to this game. Right, I don't know if. There'd be that many people in the golf industry with a with a job if it wasn't for him. Totally. Right, he made so many people so much money, right? But he had this beautiful swing, right? That's kind of his, right? And people try and emulate it. and go back to that TPI sort of thing is well, nobody that I've ever assessed has the ability to do the Tiger Woods swing, right? The guys also had surgeries because of this, right? So, many, so yeah. it's not like it's a it's a swing. That you want to teach, there's a ton in there. 99% of it is like, yeah, we want to be in this position, but we want to be able to get there naturally. We don't want to force it, right? And that's where, when you do have the long layoff, you start seeing those terrible shots, mm-hmm. right? You're trying to force it. You know, we're starting to see with the Matt Wolfs and, you know, all these different swings that are coming out is, you know, as long as we can get the club hit speed up, we can get that golf club pointing in the right direction, we can have that club swinging roughly on the correct path mm-hmm. we can play this game pretty well right and if we're trying to manipulate our body in a way that is adds tension puts us off balance or it's a position that you know maybe we have to um compensate somehow for might look fantastic on camera but it's not gonna deliver that club to that ball in an an efficient way, right? You're putting a lot into it, but you're not seeing very much results in terms of distance, but also it's inconsistent because sometimes, you know, I'm feeling pretty good today, it's 30 degrees, I have some mobility in my hip. And then you go in and you play and it's two degrees and I can't hit this golf ball because you don't have the mobility, right? We wanna be able to have that golf swing that you can repeat time and time again, Mm -hmm. which he has for sure.
0: it's interesting you say the thing about Tiger and making people money. I remember Phil in an interview like a long time ago. It was probably as a kid when I was like 15, 16, whatever. Um, Someone asked him in an interview, are you like resentful of Tiger Woods? Yeah. Because he's like won all these majors and you've always been in second place or whatever. Second best golfer in the world for so long. He's like, are you kidding me? That dude's made (laughs) me so much money.
1: Yeah. (laughs) If he was number one, by like a long shot, yeah, he wouldn't have made as much money as being number two.
2: Totally, right? Totally, so much money. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's like the number two player, but he's probably like the second most well-known golfer now, too, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, and loved man. People,
1: yeah, fans like right. just
2: love him. The past couple
1: Tiger of years, he's really like- stepped up his game yeah. to on social media. Like, yes. yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. Phil Mickelson much more now than you did back
0: then. Yeah, yeah. Tiger just made the one of the reasons I talk about Tiger is like in the conversation of best athlete of all time It's just because he completely changed his sport mm-hmm. from being like an old white person dude thing that was mm-hmm. like a rich people sport to this game is really cool. Yeah. It's and he brought so many different people into the sport. So many it's different like people. Him, Michael kids? Jordan. Like who else did that for their sports?
1: It's it's hilarious to watch the vintage sports. So you see the 1960s, you know, you got Arnold Palmer. This guy, Arnold Palmer, was kind of like the Tiger Woods. Like, mm-hmm. everybody knew who this guy was. Mm-hmm. And they would be super exuberant, Yeah, but it wasn't that loud. And then you see Tiger, yeah. and you're seeing people mm-hmm. in the stands that probably have never played golf before. They just want to see Tiger. And they are going nuts, right? It's like a wrestling, <laughs> you know, tournament. And they're yeah. just mm-hmm. hooting and hollering and... And it's it just it really changed.
0: Even in the nineties, like watching the people in his first like five years, watching the people that he played against,
1: yeah,
0: were just fat white guys. Right? Like Hal Sutton. And like Colin Montgomery. Colin Montgomery. Right. Yeah. (laughs) They were great golfers. Great golfers. But like chubby, rich white guys. Yeah. (laughs) Which is hilarious. And now watching all these guys play which is like DJ and Brooks and like all Rory, yeah. even uh, DeChambeau is like jacked now. They're all just like physical, super good athletes, which is cool, which means like a lot of the good athletes as kids are now falling in love with golf. Yeah. Rather than the good athletes playing football, basketball, baseball in the States yeah. and the um,
1: guys that can't play those sports going into golf. It's a fantastic game for that multi-athlete, you know, person, right? Or kid, because low risk of injury. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not really exerting yourself. So you can play around in golf and then go play a game <laughs> in, in that night or, mm-hmm. you know, the next day, you're not going to be sore after a workout or something like that, right? And it's just a great way to de-stress too. You know, we go up with some teammates or some friends and stuff. So you see a lot of, you know, athletes doing that mm-hmm. and then they realize, oh, this is, Fun. Something addicting about. <laughs> uh, it. Yeah, I'm getting better. Right. Mm. Well, I, maybe we'll play some tournaments. Right? What I
0: like oh. about it, and what I wish I play, uh, I started playing earlier, um, is that you're in control. It's you, right? Like, I yeah. only played team sports growing up:
2: mm-hmm.
0: basketball, football, baseball. In football, there's ten other guys on the field, so like one person can't dominate. If you work fourteen hours a day mm. and get really good at that sport you still have 10 other dudes on your team that you're relying on to at least do their job.
2: I need to get you the ball. Right? Yeah.
0: If you're a quarterback, like you need an offensive line to give you a few seconds <laughs> to throw the ball kind of thing, right? Yeah.
2: We know all about that. Right?
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> it <Wait>, right? <laughs> <laughs> that was a Seahawks joke. Because <laughs> the Seahawks have one of the worst offensive lines in the league and the best quarterback in the league. That's right. I said it. That's right. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, we're coming for you. <laughs> but that's what I like about golf as like someone who was obsessed with sports as a kid I wish I would have found golf a little bit earlier because I I think if I obsessed about it I could have been fairly good And but what I really liked about it was like you can't you can't blame anyone else nope right like if my buddy in basketball the guy that he's guarding scores 35 that game and be like well Joe you didn't <laughs> show up right in golf it's like I didn't play good yeah. I didn't putt good. I could have done this, right? It's kind of cool that you're not playing against other people too. Yeah. It's just so different than team sports. It's so different. It's just, it's a big grass field (laughs) and you have this little ball and you're just trying to hit it around. (laughs) It's great. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, And that's where, you know, you are just Mm -hmm. you, right? Mm -hmm. And your game plan... I mean, for the, the recreational golfer, the game plan does not change whether your buddy is playing the best or worst golf ever. Totally right. You should be playing what your game plan is, mm-hmm. right? And and even on the PGA Tour, LPGA Tour, they're not really deviating too much. Maybe that's you know, there's this one hole out there that, you know, may, if I have a shot, and maybe I can hit driver, but they've game plan for it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not like, you know, what I was going to hit a two hybrid, but. Mm-hmm. Because I'm gonna try and win this tournament, I'm gonna to grab this driver. I don't know where it's gonna go, but <laughs> they right. have an idea that it's at least they've conceived of this. Yeah. Right. And it's a it's a fantastic sport because of that. You also see them try and blame it on, you know, a spike mark. <laughs> the, oh, I missed that putt. And you always see them try and tap down a piece of grass. <laughs> it didn't hit that. Those the are, camera was this close yeah. to the ball, it was nowhere near that mark. It sometimes it was, but they just you always you know the athlete and the competitive nature of, of the athlete out there was trying to deflect too, but it it was you right <laughs> usually the
0: good golfer like the good ones in the sport the long term good ones aren't doing that stuff, yeah, that's like the the guy that's good every once in a while wins one tournament every three years, kinda of, like it's that's that kind of guy
2: I think but like was, Rory
0: McElroy is never no. blaming a spike mark on a putt, you
1: know I think it was uh Jack Nicholas, who was quoted saying, anybody that's complaining about the weather or the conditions, I don't have to worry about it. Exactly. Right? It's like, well, you're all on the golf course at the yeah. same time, well, yeah. right? The, you know, the British <laughs> Open is one where, yes, you play in the morning versus the afternoon, different conditions. Yeah. But you do switch it. So sometimes you can have some different advantages, but you just take what's given to you, right? Make of what you got.
0: One of the coolest golf interviews I've ever seen was Brooks Kepka. This is a year, year and a half ago when he was like in the peak of his major dominance, basically. He won four in, in eight, I think. So I think May in two years, years he won four. Yeah. And in the other four, he was like top five. Like he was right in everyone for eight majors in a row, I think. Someone asked him, like, why are you, like, why are you so good in majors? In <laughs> his response, do you remember this? I think I do, yeah. Yeah. His response is something like, well, I look at it this way. There's 144 guys in a major. Right away, half of them have no chance at winning. Literally zero (laughs) chance. So I'm playing against, let's say 70 guys. Out of those 70, 80% of them don't believe they can win. So I go into a major knowing I'm one of the best golfers in the world. I believe I can win. Really, I'm trying to beat 10 guys. So he's like, I'm showing up. There's 144 guys there. I'm really just playing against 10 other guys. <laughs> yeah, sounds so um, arrogant would be a good word, I guess. But at the same time, like, such a good mental thought. You
1: have right? to be like that, yeah. Right. He was like, just ballsy enough to say it. Exactly. But it, yeah, if you're if you're top of your game, that's what you're thinking.
0: Right. Because like, there's Rory, there DJ a couple of years ago, and maybe not today. He'll get back there. Any day, though, he could just. Right? (laughs) But that's his thing. He's a bit streaky. There's um, every major, it seems like there's 10 guys you could pick that have a legitimate chance at winning. Justin Rose is in those conversations now. Uh, Justin Thomas is in those conversations. I think Fromm is really close. He hasn't won one yet, out. he's so close. He's coming. He was my number one pick. Uh, I had picked three in the pool, and I got him. And I was pumped because I thought he was going to have a big year, but who knows after coronavirus what's happening. some underlying stats that's showing he's coming. I know. Yeah. I like him a lot. But really, outside of those 10 guys, there's always like one or two that have a good week. But on Sunday, they don't think they have a chance at winning, right? There's always those guys. (laughs) Like Harry Higgs. (laughs) I picked him up late in the pool. Do you
1: know him? I, I, no, he's <laughs> an American, dude. Yeah. First year on the
0: PGA tour, and uh, we had this rule in our pool. I'm just geeking out about golf pools now. That's a fine. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. We had this rule in our pool that you could, I think, you could drop and pick up three times throughout the season.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So my first, uh was watching Harry because first of all, I saw him at Tory, which is one of the early tournaments of the year. We started the pool in January. And Tori is the third week of January, I think it is anyway, every year. I saw him and he literally looks like a stoner. He's walking down the fairway, like shirt is half untucked. He's got a bit of a beer gut. He's like 24 and he's like chubby. I'm like, he's in seventh place. <laughs> Who's this guy? <laughs> Never heard of him. <laughs> oh, he's a PGA, sorry, like Google. He's rookie on the PGA Tour. So I'm watching him for the next like few tournaments. And every tournament he's in the top twenty. Like six tournaments in a row. And I text Mike Bell, I'm like, Have you heard of this Harry Higgs guy? Like, why is he in the top why is he playing so consistently? He's like, Yeah, I've been watching him for a couple of years. I saw him on the Corn Ferry, the tour right below the PGA. He's like, He's a really good player. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> Taking a flyer. So I drop like my bottom guy, pick him up. This was like two weeks before um Corona, and so I played him. Our so our pool is we have ten guys on our team. Every week we got to pick five mm-hmm. to play that week. So there's some weeks where you don't pick someone in your team and they finish in the top ten. and You're like, shit. Would have <laughs> been really nice to get those FedEx Cup points. <laughs> but I played Harry the next two weeks and top twenty again and again. So he keeps just feeding me points, and but I feel like someone like that who I'm pretty sure is a stoner, just. Be, so what I really liked about him at Tory, or I thought it was funny anyway, it was so foggy at Tory Pines this year. I don't know if you watched that tournament. Saturday and Sunday, it was so foggy. And both days he's wearing shades. <laughs> I'm like this guy has to be high. Why is he wearing sunglasses? You can barely see your golf ball. That's how foggy it is. It's so foggy. He's wearing sunglasses, like he, ha- he has to be bloodshot. I don't know. <laughs> David
1: Duval, if you remember Always yeah. had those Oakley's on. Right? Always. Right? Yeah, yeah. No matter what. Yeah.
0: So funny. Anyway, Harry Higgs. Watch over him. He's coming. He's coming. There we go. <laughs> Last question. Okay. No one we'll get out of here. Have you ever I'm assuming you've played the Tiger Woods video games. Oh yeah. Have you ever thought how cool it would be? to have the backspin function in real life because <laughs> every time I play Tiger Woods back yeah, yeah. right the sidespin too just tap and Z or oh. whatever it is now <laughs> and you know exactly what shot you're going to hit because like on the tee you can move your arrow right and left to hit draws and fades
2: <laughs> how, and you, need, you need like telekinesis or something man how fun with golfing like, just a
1: remote in your pocket
2: <laughs> in the fairway Carl have you played Tiger Woods with me? yes
0: in the fairway, you can hit like a seven iron. Let's say you're 170 yards in. Hit a seven iron, and in the air, you you can see it going like a little bit long. You just go backspin, 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 and it'll hit the back of the green and spin back like 18 yards, and then you're like eight
1: feet for birdie.
2: Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) There's no physics in that game.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's so good. Well, if you ever watched PGA Tour golf, you'd realize that those pros can. It's like the Fred Stone. Yeah. Spin. Sit. Yeah. Sit. Yeah. Go. Like, it's gone, okay? Yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, yeah, that would be awesome. That would be so fun. But just to sort of jump off of that. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? This isn't a realistic question? Are you kidding This is me? super realistic, right? <laughs> this is great. I, if I'm doing a playing lesson, right, there's, mm-hmm. there's nine, depending on what it is, uh, and Lucas can attest to this, and I will get you, when you're in your, just before you're going from your think box to your play box to picture the golf ball flying like you're playing Tiger Woods with first one, a yellow line, then a blue line, then a green line, and then a red line and seeing which one in your, you know, we're just trying to get that creativity out of you, right? Totally. And picture it so you can trust it. Rarely are you going to picture a golf ball going super, super high or super, super low. And you're just going to see what naturally comes out, right? And it's just a way of building trust and a way of visualizing and getting yourself into that shot. Yeah. And that is a perfect example. So if anybody who's not played Tiger Woods right. and you want to play better, just play that game and picture yourself as Tiger Woods on the golf course. It's so fun. And seeing that shot pattern. Shot Tracer is an app that you can get that'll like read your golf ball and show it like that. So I'll use that and like just, just see that. Every time you hit a shot, just see that. Then you trust it. Walk up to it, eight seconds. Hit the ball.
0: I've thought about it many times. I think I've dreamt about it. <laughs> I would love to be able to do that. There's so many times on the golf course where you hit the where you hit the ball. So, Carl, one thing that is really unpredictable is called a flyer. Mm-hmm.
2: You know what that means? No.
0: You're in the, you're in the rough. So when you're in the fairway, the club hits the ball first, yeah. right? Because there's no grass behind it, and the spin is predictable off. Oh, the I see. Iron. Okay. When there's grass in front I of the ball, way. the spin is very unpredictable.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You can hit it slightly heavy where there's too much grass and then the ball doesn't go that far. It depends. Or you on the can pick it pretty clean. Too, right? Totally. You can pick it pretty clean with just a few grass blades behind yeah. the ball, but it completely takes the spin off and then the ball will fly like 15, 20 yards farther. Mm. So in the rough, 150 yards in, I pull a nine iron. Like This is going to be a great club. And then you hit the ball, and you immediately know it's a flyer. Like, as soon as you hit it. Good contact. Yeah. Like, oh, it felt shit. way
1: too good. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I wish I, had, I could backspin the hell out of that thing. Just <laughs> bring it back, because it's flying really far. <laughs> but you can't, because there's no spin on that ball. <laughs> that's why middle of the green
1: is always a good choice there. <laughs> I guessed wrong. You guessed wrong. You yeah. guessed wrong. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's fun. There's lots of that. That's fun. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for having me. This was a lot of fun.
0: I love podcasts. Mm. I'm glad we, I could be your first one. Yeah,
1: this was great. Maybe <laughs> it's I'll start a golf one. podcast. <laughs> <Let me know. laughs> you got to talk about your hourly rate and, uh, yeah, get <laughs> 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 be the first guest. I will. Okay, thank you. Yeah.
0: Uh, I don't know if you want to talk to me about my golf game, <laughs> it's very angry,
1: <laughs> it's very unpredictable
0: have a lot of fun. It's
1: perfect. People can relate to that. <laughs> we can have some great conversations that everybody would know. Yeah. My first couple of years,
0: I don't know if you know this, Alex. I met you almost you right have when my I started. Irons. That is a fun fact that we haven't talked about yet. Yeah. I do have your hands. <laughs> I love them. I don't know if I'll ever give them up. No, don't. I think I bought those for me like seven years ago. That was before I was pro. No way. Really? Maybe eight, not. Eight years. No. Ago? No. I, you were at HGC at the time. Yep, didn't that shut down in two thousand nine years ago? Oh wow, wasn't that two thousand and eleven
1: that it shut down? Nine years ago.
0: Is it that long? DeAndre knows. DeAndre remembers. DeAndre phone in. DeAndre, <laughs> if he, if that place was still alive, DeAndre would still be working there because he loved it that much. Loved it. Yeah. But I do have his irons. They're phenomenal, fun- dude. I don't know. I feel like I owe you some money because those things were an absolute steal. (laughs) They're so good. They're perfect for a golfer like me who is like somewhat good. You're really good. So I can hit the ball. When I play a lot, I can hit the ball in the direction that I want it to go. But at the same time, like the four, five, six, three, four, five, six irons are like cavity back. So I get a little more forgiveness.
1: For those golfers, they're really good. I love them. Who have been playing for a while, they had the Nike uh, Pro Combo, which was basically it's a blade in the lower half, and then it gradually becomes a cavity back mm. in the top end. And Denny has the Titleist version of that. They're so they sexy. Are, huh? They are very good. Yeah, I'm very happy with the irons that I have right now. So, I think it was good. Worked out well for the both of us, man
0: the best I think it was 350 bucks maybe I shouldn't say that it's the best <laughs> this is way back in spent. those days oh yeah though. that was so like that, 25 like years ago <laughs> at inflation that's like 3 grand yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay thanks buddy Let's thank you later. so much you gotta go say hi to Lucas yes tell him I say hi okay. say, say
1: hi Sarah, to Lucas Sarah,